Do you feel like you're running life through the motions day after day? Do you feel sluggish with little energy to be able to spend time with your family? Do you feel like you're just not living up to your full potential? What if I told you you could transform your life through mindset and movement? Here on the Ecala podcast, you'll be inspired, be motivated, and be able to take action to become that best version of yourself. The Ecala podcast is for those who want the opportunity to better themselves through health and wellness. Here you'll learn tips from experts in their field, hear inspirational stories to help uncover your full potential. Now, are you ready to transform your life? Welcome back. I'm here with Carlo Facino. We had a podcast on the last episode talking about his voyage rowing solo from the coast of California all the way to the Hawaiian Islands. Carlo is uh, also a big runner. He actually organizes the Mermaid events that is a local running, basically, uh, events that does uh, it's specifically geared to people who are trying to start a running program and get comfortable with the running. And that leads up to different events with the ultra marathon. There's a, as you said, triathlon, I believe. Triathlon, correct. And then the trail running and everything like that. Well, welcome back, Carlo. Thank you. Thanks. Thanks for having me back. Well, before we get into it, we have a hang loose segment real quick that we do. Is this picking up a random card and just asking you a question and uh, going with having fun with seeing how you would answer it. So I got okay. a card here. I'm going to go ahead and tell the question. So, Oh, What's the best piece of advice you've ever been given? Wow. Be best piece of advice. Um, you know, I remember as a little kid, and this is, this is a piece of advice from, from my mom. And so I remember one morning or one evening, I was stressed about the homework that I had to do. But I had some, I, I can't remember what the project was. I was probably in like fourth or fifth grade. So it was probably some book report or something that I had to mm -hmm. do. And I know it was it was stressing me out. I remember just not being sure if I could get it done. And my mom came up to me and she said, you know, Carlo, your grandpa was never afraid of hard work. And she said, you know, if you got this book report to do or whatever it was that the project that I had to do, she said, you know, grandpa was never afraid of hard work. You should never be afraid of hard work, too. Mm -hmm. And that really stuck with me for for my entire life you know, hearing this as a little kid that like, it kind of still it, resonates it, with you. You, you hear that voice again and you think of your grandpa. Yeah. yeah you know, the, what the, did your grandpa the, do? Like, my grandpa was a salesman for Kimberly Clark. What he, his product was Kleenex. And so he was, uh, you know, going around the country on a train because that's, you know, the mode of transportation that they had. And he was going to different offices and, selling Kleenex and um, he was one of the top salesmen for Kimberly Clark and he worked really hard to provide for his family and and that's that's what he was. Awesome. Thanks for sharing. Well, if you missed the last episode, Carlo went and talked about his event. If you could briefly um, talk about that, what you're doing for those who missed the episode. Yeah. So the Mermaid series, it's a women's focused triathlon and running race series started as a women's triathlon uh hence the name mermaid really made a lot of sense with the swimming the biking the running 
And then we branched out into other running type events. So now we've got uh, seven different events, everything from the triathlon to road running to trail running. And so it's been quite a fun adventure. It started in 2004. And uh, so I've been doing it for quite a few years. But you started it yourself. Yeah, I, I started it myself. I, at the time, I had a, a business partner who we were both organizing these events. And I came up with the idea of a women's event. From there, we kind of dropped all the co-ed races. And then I eventually took over and just focused in on the women's event. So why, why did you feel that this was needed? Yeah, you know, it was such a, a refreshing atmosphere at the very first Mermaid Triathlon. You know, there's hundreds of women who were out there who were doing this for just the pure goal of crossing the finish line. You know, they were out there for themselves. They were out there to accomplish this goal. And it didn't matter what kind of bike they had, you know, what kind of gear they had. It was just them. And, and whether the bike was something that had been sitting in the garage for 10 years, or it was a cruiser, or um, it was their friend's bike, you know, it didn't matter. They, they were going to go out there and they were going to accomplish their goal of crossing the finish line. And that was really everything that I loved about the sport of triathlon is you're out there, you're competing with yourself to accomplish this goal. And yes, there's competition amongst the different participants, but that wasn't the main focus. The main focus was just, you know, cheering each other on and, and having a lot of fun. And, and from there, I realized, you know, this is kind of a, a neat environment and something that, you know, is really encouraging and motivating for people and inviting one of the things that's really difficult in the sport of triathlon is that people feel that it's very exclusive. And when you go out to your first race, a lot of people will be intimidated. And I wanted to break down that barrier. I wanted to be inviting to people. I wanted to be encouraging and saying like, hey, if this is your very first event and you're totally clueless on how, how to do everything, this is for you. We'll, we'll come, we'll hold your hand. We'll walk you through it. Mm -hmm. We'll, we'll get you to the finish line, you know, mm -hmm. and that's, that's kind of the atmosphere that, uh, I really enjoy that we've created in, in the mermaid series. Yeah. Cause they, they complete it and they just feel so accomplished. Then they end up doing something a little bit more challenging. They you're basically believing in them and having them progress to limits that, they probably might not think that was possible. Yeah. You know, we've had the athletes who came out and did their very first sprint triathlon with us. And then over the years, they've gone out and they've done an Ironman and they've, you know, accomplished these huge, huge events. And so it's, it's very cool to see that you give them this, this sort of uh, belief in themselves or this ability to, you know, cross the finish line and get a taste of that. And then they want to, do more. And it's, it's pretty, pretty neat to see. Yeah, that's great. I think we need, we just all need uh, someone who believes in us, whoever that is, and get that support. So the mermaid is that community that helps bring this out. That's awesome. So how about for you? Uh, you, you, in the last episode, you said that you transitioned from rowing, um, being on the road team and everything, and now transition to doing more running on your own. You said you weren't a runner initially. You hadn't run even in high school, college, part of college. Uh, but what was it challenging for you to start? Yeah, you, you know, it was extremely challenging. But why did you even start it? Or like, or was okay, I think you'd mentioned because there wasn't any, um, you had to do something solo because it was hard to get a group. But still, why, why running? You could have done, you could have worked out at the gym and just, you know, 
admire yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I had wanted to do a marathon. And so, you know, I signed up for a marathon. And then, of course, I had to start training for the marathon. And I really, you know, when you talk to people about running, there's so many, you know, my initial response would have been, I hate running. You know, I hear that out of a lot of people. It's like, oh, I hate running. And part of that is, you know, we grow up playing soccer or playing a sport or in PE class. And what's your punishment? Well, your punishment is to run. If you do something wrong, you're running. If you're mouthing off in PE, you're running. And so, of course, we have this negative perception of running because we're always having to do it as punishment. We're never really doing it as enjoyment. And so I think that a lot of people have just, you know, this conception that running equals negative equals punishment. Right. Um, and, and really, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of joy that, that you can have out of running, but it takes a long time to eventually learn to enjoy running. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of it just starts from enjoying the feeling after you run because you've accomplished something, mm-hmm. you're, you've got the endorphins going, you know, you did, your body feels like it moved. And then, you know, as once you kind of get over the negative part of it, you know, now I, I really enjoy going out and going for a run and especially on trails and, you know, going to see, you know, different, different trails or different parks. I really enjoy running now. So what does it give you then after a run? You said it gives you joy. Like, can you explain and elaborate a little bit more? Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's that feeling that you've gone out you've exercised and you've gotten your heart rate up, you sweated, you you know, and then post running, now your body is like buzzing within kind of, it's called a runner's high. And and it's, it's sort of like your body is buzzing because you've, you've just, you know, gotten your heart rate up and you've exercised and now you're resting and you feel like you accomplished something. And I, I think it's that sense of accomplishment plus, you know, your endorphins. And so it's really, you know, you just feel good about yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can relate. Um, yeah, with running for sure. And then when you feel good, it, it sets up your day. You're just like, for me, like I say, I'm a better person because I, I'm in a better mood. I make better decisions instead of... Uh, for sure. Yeah, for sure. okay. For me, uh, I definitely think running is uh, meditative. Like there's a lot of thoughts going on. You know, I don't, I don't push it hard depending on how I'm training, but... Uh, for the most part, just get out there and run. I like to honestly even run at night. It's a little bit quieter, just the darkness. I'm I'm so safe though. I have my my light. But um, I, I I would say I would never I never regret a run afterwards. It's so nice the, the feeling. I might not. It's a, a chore sometimes to plan it out and to actually step out the door, put on my shoes and and go. But I never regret a run. So true. So true. I, I think the the hardest part is getting out the door, you know, and, and, and planning for it or making it happen. And you, you touched on something that I, I love as well about running. And that's the meditative part. You know, when you're out there and you're running, your brain is processing and you're going through different thoughts. And, you know, whether you, it's not like you're, you're, planning out what you're thinking, your brain is just going and you reflect on different things that have happened to you during the day or what's you got coming up. And yeah, it's, it's a perfect time to just let your brain process and wander. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, that that is another part of running that I really enjoy too. 
and you like you said you like trail running and that's where you could be outside enjoy the the nature i mean i think partly running wasn't as enjoyable when i would do running on the treadmill at the gym so once i started running more outdoors being outdoors seeing people or just smelling the fresh air it seemed like it wasn't as long just uh you know because with a treadmill you're just at one place it's the same spot it, there's not as much stimulation so i think that's what made it not as enjoyable for sure for sure it's way better to be outside than on treadmill you know for sure that's that's uh if people are struggling with enjoying running definitely recommend you know they get outside and see mm-hmm. some nature and and yeah. Well, one thing is people, you know, like I even said myself before, like, I'm not a runner, I'm not a runner. And that could discourage a lot of people. And maybe they think they have to do an event to say they're a runner. But like, for me, I like to just say, like, if you're walking, you're already progressing to being able to run because walking's going to get easier. You're going to be able to pick up the pace. Then you might start noticing that you could jog a little bit, then walk, jog, walk. You're essentially a, a runner, but the identity I think it's hard for a lot of people to be okay with their that saying that they're a runner. You know, it's um, it's hard for people. I think mentally, um, they want to be able to finish that 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 finish line at the marathon to say, okay, now I'm a runner. Do you have yeah. you uh, worked with anyone like that? Oh yeah, yeah. You know, and and that's that's something that is common that I encounter all the time when organizing the events. You know, it's it's I'm not a runner. I'm not an athlete. I could never do X or Y. And, you know, it's, it's something where we constantly sort of negative stereotype ourselves. And, you know, maybe it's because we see the Olympics on TV and we think, oh, I have to be an Olympic runner to actually be a runner, or I have to do this to actually be an athlete. And so it's just this negative stereotype that a lot of people sort of self-impose and that's something that on a day-to-day basis and with the mermaid series we encounter and it's something where we call all of our athletes mermaid athletes so all of our t-shirts say mermaid athlete on it all of our branding usually talks about mermaid athlete uh and it's a lot of it is because people need to identify themselves as an athlete so they feel okay with what they're doing you know so they feel okay going out for their walk they feel okay going out for their jog or trying a triathlon for the very first time. And so a lot of it comes into this, you know, positive stereotype of themselves of like, you know, or positive image of themselves of I am an athlete. And so we're constantly talking to the mermaids about, you know, hey, you're a mermaid athlete. And it's so much easier for them to say, oh, I'm a mermaid athlete, you know, rather than them thinking like, I got to be an Olympic athlete. Right. I get Um, it. And so... Mm-hmm. Some of it is is just that positive imaging. And, and I think we have a tendency as humans to to sometimes prevent ourselves from being, a, you know, having a positive image of ourselves. I think sometimes we get into this negative image um, and, and I'm not this or I'm not that. And we really right. need to you know, focus in on the positive because, like you said, somebody who goes out and starts walking and, and walks a mile, well, they're on their way to doing their first 5K. You know, they don't have to run it, you know, walking it. If they're out there, they're an athlete and they're doing it, you know. And so that's something that I constantly kind of come across in that in that environment. Okay. Yeah. And with the Mermaid series, I mean, that just makes it so much fun. I mean, just being in that community. I mean, I could see if I was doing it alone, not 
with anyone, uh, interacting with anyone, it would be, I would just put myself down more. I, you need that community just to make it fun and help each other. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And, and, you know, you talked about it, the community and, and how that ties into you feeling comfortable in, in where you're at in your life and what you're doing. And when you go out to an event and people say hi to you, or you go to the gym and people say hi to you, you know, suddenly, you, you know, it's like, your self-image immediately changes. You know, I might go to CrossFit and feel like oh, I'm going to be the weakest person there. But then somebody says, oh, hey, how are you doing? You know, I mean, just whole, your whole persona changes. And that community really plays a big part when, mm-hmm. when you're there with other people and people are supporting you, you know, encouraging you. Then everybody feeds off of that. And it, it, that's how that community really gets fostered. Yeah, it's it's really nice when I, you come into the gym. You you have this bright smile on your face. You're you're ready to go. And uh, no, it's been a nice seeing you come in in and just working out. How's your experience been? Oh, it's it, you know I've had such a great time. I've been loving coming to to CrossFit. You know, it's it's something where my experience as as an athlete over the past you know five or six years has really been a lot of running or a lot of just endurance, and so. For me to be focusing in on my strength, um, trying to to build up some muscle and, and build up some some power uh, has been huge. And the support that I get when I go to the gym, because a lot of these movements are new um, to me um, and my technique, you know, the coaching that has come along with that to to make sure that I'm doing things properly and and to be supportive of of me as I am learning has been huge. And, you know, I, I love when I wake up in the morning and, you know, my legs are constantly sore. <laughs> it's a love hate. Yeah. The soreness yeah. is like yeah. constant reminder. Okay. But I worked out. I'm good. But then you could shake it off with a run and get loose and blood flows and you feel better. So you're doing the CrossFit to help you with the, even this event that you're doing, um, going across the, uh, the Pacific with the road. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, you, you know, I'm I'm trying to build up that uh, some some strength, some uh, overall fitness uh, because it's just going to be a grind when I'm out there rowing, and got to do enough to protect myself to help build up my back, you know, my legs. Uh, so all those things I'm really working on, and it's been it's been a lot of fun to be able to go to the CrossFit. Mm-hmm. I mean, those cleans, it's it's kind of like you know, it's a row. When you do those cleans, it's the explosive movement. Yep. Yeah. You know, it's it's all, you know, it's, it's about accelerating and exploding through the drive when you're on the rowing machine. Um, and that's another part of CrossFit that I really enjoy is the fact that we are on the rowing machines a lot. And, you know, that's obviously helpful in trying to do something like an ocean row. It's similar. Yeah. So, okay, let's, let's go into the row across the ocean. So really, why? Why are you doing this? I, I I told Carlo even um, like a month ago, I was actually in Hawaii and I was looking out in the darkness in the ocean and I, I thought of him and I'm like, it is dark and it is, uh, it's scary out there. Like, why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, I mean, there's a lot of reasons why. Um, All right. List them. I want to know. I, so one, because it's a challenge. I, I think that's, you know, to me, something that's very enticing Two, I'm I'm a rower. I love the just being in a boat and rowing and moving the boat. 
And so the idea of crossing an ocean on your complete own power as a rower is something that, you know, is, is extremely intriguing. And, and that's another reason why I want to do this. But then you get into a little more of the philosophical reasons. And, you know, you talked about that meditative process when you're running and letting your brain process or think about things. When you're out there for 30, 40 days and you're in the middle of nowhere and, you know, talk about your brain really starting to process. And we've lost so much of that connection, I feel, in our day-to-day lives. I mean... You get just more in tune to your own body and your minds, right? Yeah. You know, we, we, we don't normally get through a day without, you know, probably every 15 minutes, something distracting us. Yeah, we're distracted. Mm -hmm. You know, something else. Oh, a bill that you got to pay. Oh, an email you got to send. Oh, you got to go get gas for your car. Got to go do this. Got to go to the grocery store. I mean, we're constantly distracted in our lives. Mm -hmm. And when you're out there on the ocean, and really the only things that you have to worry about are making your water, which you have a desalination pump, making your food, sleeping, and rowing. And those are those are the only four things that you're really worried about. You're not distracted by a phone. You're not distracted for simple by things. It. Yeah, simple things. And and when your whole day gets shrunk down into just those four processes, your mind just has hours and hours to process on its own. And so you go through this whole emotion of of like really, you know, diving into deep parts of your brain. You're thinking about things and relationships and people and you know, all types of things. And then you also feel this amazing connection to to the world at times. And and you know, here you are, this little tiny boat in the middle of this huge ocean. And when you think of it, you're this insignificant little speck of dust mm-hmm. basically yeah. floating across the ocean. And yet at the same time, you feel this amazing connection to to the planet. To you have the earth like right right on your you're right there. You're immersed. Yeah. You know, and, and you feel connected to the universe. You're, you're looking out in the middle of the night at the Milky Way and it's stretching from like horizon to horizon. And, and you feel like I'm part of I'm part of this universe and I'm super connected. And yet I'm this little tiny speck on this giant ocean. And so you, your mind just it's cool to, to get that opportunity to disconnect and disconnect from technology and right. feel the connection I to understand, the yeah. and to our environment. Well, what continue to drive you and give you motivation when you're out there? You know, um, I don't know if the, I don't, I don't really feel that at least in the past ocean roads, I don't feel that I've needed any motivation. I mean, for me, just the pure, simple joy of, of moving a boat and rowing is enjoyment and, and something that keeps me, I think motivated because I'm doing something I love, you know? So, I mean, knock on wood, I'm hoping I don't end up in the middle of the ocean and and trying to, to like tell myself, Oh man, you got to get on the oars today and row. I I hope I don't get to that point because I think you already made a decision. You're going to have to go. (laughs) Yeah. You're going to have to do it. Uh, But you've done it before with other people. I don't think the listeners actually don't realize like, when you first told me that you're going to be doing this, I expected, okay, you got your crew right next to you, some other boat that's, uh, you know, paddling or, or moving along with you. 
um, or even like the Coast Guard nearby. But you're still you're by yourself. He doesn't have anybody. Yeah, you are 100 percent self self-sufficient, um, totally self-supported. So your only real support is yourself. And that's part of ocean rowing uh, is that that's the way kind of the sport is centered around being self-sufficient and totally, you know, self-reliant, which makes it a challenge, but also, you know, really is part of the beautiful part of the sport where you, you know, you have to figure things out for yourself. You have to make sure that you're constantly thinking of what if scenarios of, you know, like, Hey, I'm getting this blister. What if it gets infected? What if, you know, you know, so you're, you're constantly managing yourself and you're Mm -hmm. thinking, you know, Hey, I got to make my water. I got to make sure, you know, I don't want to wait until the night when I can't run the desalination pump because the solar panels aren't, you know, Mm -hmm. being charged at night with, cause it's dark. So you're, you know, you're planning out your day. You're constantly thinking of when you're going to eat, you know, what your body's doing, you know, is this just a little ache or is it turning into, you know, something serious, you know, so you're, you're just, it's a mental thing. Um, right. I mean, are you a camper? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. I love Cause I mean, you have to be a camper to be able to do this. For me, I, I don't, I, I've rarely camped. I, I, I'm just imagining even do you, do you fish out the, the, the rowboat if you need some stuff. I mean, you have to be well prepared. I know you are someone like me. Um, I, I, it's, it would be very difficult for me, but I could do it. I just have to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's funny because on one of the ocean roads, we, we tasked one of the guys who is in the boat. This was uh, my trip up into the Arctic where we rode from Norway North into the Arctic ocean. And one of the guys we, we tasked with him buying all the food for, for the boat. And so I said I was a vegetarian and so I don't know if he just didn't look for many vegetarian options, but basically for the entire trip, he bought me Mediterranean vegetable pasta for lunch and dinner. And he bought me, he bought me eggs and potato for breakfast. And so for the people who ate meat, he bought spaghetti carbonara and spaghetti and meatballs. So we had like no variety of food. And all the other guys got, got sick of the food and were like, I can't eat any more of this. This is, you know, like I've been eating pasta for the past, you know, 10 days. This is horrible. And I was like, oh, Mediterranean vegetable pasta. This is delicious. Oh, lunch, Mediterranean vegetable pasta. This is delicious. You know, in some ways that makes it easier. It's like, you don't have to focus. Okay. What? You don't have to make much of a choice. You just eat and then go to work. Yeah. Yeah. It was for me, I didn't have any problem with it. And, uh, you know, but I realized that my palate might just be, uh, I'm not a very picky eater. I, I'll, I'll say that. Okay. And then, yeah, for sure. How funny. So with this row, um, what was I going to say? So people, this boat actually is quite bigger than even what I would picture like a rowboat. So it's how, how wide is it? Yep. So it's, it's 19 and a half feet long. Okay. So 19 and a half feet long and the widest part in the middle is five feet and two inches. So it's a pretty small boat when you think of going across an ocean. It's um, not like a canoe. I think maybe I just think of canoe. Right. But when you look at like a flat water boat, either a flat water rowing boat or a canoe or a kayak, 
this thing looks huge comparatively because you know it's big it's got a cabin that you crawl into where you to, sleep to sleep so it's something where you know you've got these things you got solar panels you've got your batteries uh you've got your desalination pump and plenty of storage for freeze-dried food so in that sense like you kind of bring you know you bring enough food and supplies to last you and um the boat does look big but once you get out into the ocean it's uh, yeah it's again it's the spec right yeah. especially especially when you see those big shipping tankers oh, come by um yeah. you know <laughs> do they do anything they they wave to you or oh yeah, yeah. when they see something like that so we we you get on your VHF radio and you radio them and you say, hey, you know, I'm a little rowboat because they, they'll never visibly actually see you. You're too small and they're too high up on, you know, their, oh. their command, their view. So they'll never actually physically see you, but they will see you on their radar and their GPS tracking system, which is called AIS. Um, mm. But you always jump on the radio and you say, you know, like, Pasha, Tanker, Pasha, this is Robo Carlo, you, you know, and then you make communication with them and make sure that they see you and make sure that they're going to go around you. But then every time they come by, I'm, I'm always doing this to see if they'll yeah. blow the horn. But yeah, no, oh, yeah. that'll be sick. That'll be, uh, keep doing it. And let's see. Yeah. <laughs> the school bus thing. Yeah. Brings me back. But yeah. Um, yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. I'm, I'm super excited to really see you do this journey and solo. When, when was the last person, when the last time someone did something like that to break the record? Yeah. So the record was set in 2014. And so uh, it's, it's, he's, he's had the guys had the record uh, a guy named Rob Eustace. He was out of the UK. Uh, He's had the record since 2014. Um, So for a while now, you know, quite a few people have done it. Um, well, quite a few, I, less than 10 people have rode solo to from wow. California to Hawaii. Um, I say quite a few, but less than 10. Um, you know, so I think I'll be, if, if, if once I do it, I think I'll be number like eight or nine who've done it solo. Uh-huh. Wow. So that's, that's, that's amazing. If you're listening, you guys have got to follow Carlo and his journey. And uh, we're super excited to, see you cross the finish line and see what's next. I mean, what do you, is there anything that you see? What do you want to do in the next five years after this? Yeah. You know, that's a, that's a great question. And I bought a boat for this row and I'm, I'm in the final process of getting it finalized and fixed up so that I can get out on the water. Um, but you know, now I have this boat and there's quite a few other oceans out there. Uh, so I'm, I'm, this will not be my last ocean row. I know that. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. I, I really look forward to supporting you and getting you, seeing you on the other side. For so, sure. So talking about, oh, well, with the rowing, where can people specifically follow your journey? Yeah. To follow along, if you go to uh, Carlo Ficino, my first name, last name, carlofaccino.com. You can also find me on Facebook at Carlo Ficino or on Twitter and Instagram. Same thing at Carlo Ficino. Um, and so I, I'll be posting things as I'm getting ready for the row. And then once the row actually starts, there'll be a GPS tracker. And so you can, you can, uh, click on the tracking link and you'll see a little dot, uh, slowly cross the Pacific, 
Um, it's actually kind of kind of fun to to follow along. Yeah, awesome. Do you ever get any cell signal? Are you able to have anything? I mean, you get cell signal for the first uh, like ten miles off the coast, um, oh, maybe fifteen <laughs> miles off the coast. But after that, it really starts to to fade. I do have a GPS tracker. I have a satellite phone. I have a Garmin inReach, so I have two-way texting through the satellites. Mm-hmm. So I have texting capabilities. And if, if I texting. can pull it off, okay. I'll, I will be able to send some videos I'm trying to work on. Um, work through the cost of getting a data satellite link where I can send like short one-minute video clips. Yeah, yeah. And so well, that's why I was wondering, like, do you videotape yourself? Do you journal like uh, just to document like each day? Yeah. You know, uh, in in the other races, we did some journaling. Um, it's hard to write in the boat, so I have a I have a voice recorder um, to record some thoughts, and then I'll have some GoPro cameras as well to to take some video. If I can do the satellite link, it'll just be short little video clips on my phone that I'll be able to upload and send off. That'll be awesome to see. Yeah. Yep. So then for the mermaid series, where can someone interested in starting a, a running program and they want to be within this community, where can they go to find more information? Yeah. So if, if you go to mermaidseries.com, so mermaid series of events, mermaidseries.com, or on Facebook, if you go to at mermaid series, uh, you can find out all of our information about our events. And we have a really great Facebook group, um, a, a, a really good community on Facebook. It's at Mermaid Athlete. So Mermaid Athlete is the Facebook group. And, you know, if you're just starting out and you've got questions at anything from, you know, shoes, nutrition, races, you know, it's a great community to, uh, to join and be able to uh, see what other people are doing and ask questions. So Perfect. So yeah, definitely follow Carlo and check out the Mermaid Series website. And we look forward to having you back on after you cross that finish line and hearing your experience. It, it would be so uh, interesting to hear. I can't wait. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pumped and uh, excited to share it with you and share it with uh, others. Thank you. Keep doing what you're doing and you're true inspiration to a lot of people. So thank you again, Carlo. We'll see you later. Thanks, Joel. Thank you so much for listening. But wait. We want to keep you updated and continue to be inspired and motivated. Follow us on our Instagram page at Ecola Strong. We'll see you on the next episode.